0: Is really enjoyable to be together on this Thanksgiving celebration night, even though it's not Thanksgiving. And we are taking this hour out of this week and of this year to celebrate God's grace to us in a very unique way. In, in a little in a few minutes, we're gonna we're going to come and give thanks in a way that Jesus told us to give thanks. And we're going to take communion. And throughout the history of the church, it had a, a term called the Eucharist, which actually the, it had the Greek word for actually thanksgiving or gratitude. And so as we take of the bread and we take of the juice, which remind us of Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross, We give thanks, and we say thank you. This represents Christ's death and my life. And so we're going to do that in just a few minutes. We're also going to give an opportunity for you to participate. And so I want you to think about what you're thankful for or what you want to praise God for among God's people tonight. God tells us to do that. And so it, it can be as short as I thank God for the weather this year, if you mean it. Or, I thank God because this happened in my life, and it was difficult, but God taught me this. Or, I'm thankful for my parents. Or, I'm thankful for my son. Or, whatever it may be. So, think about that. Towards the end, we're going to have a time for you to be able to, to participate as you desire or able. In 1999, the renowned writer Stephen King... He lived in Maine, and he was a victim of very serious automobile accidents. In fact, he was walking on a country road in Maine when a, a car ran off the road, ran into him. He went, he actually went over the windshield and almost was crushed by a cliff, but actually was spared that. He experienced massive breaking of bones in his 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 ribs and a scalp laceration and his leg was broken, his hip was crushed, but he survived. And when the surgeon said to him, You are a very, very fortunate man. You could have died, his one word answer to that reality was gratitude. He was not he is not a Christian. He wasn't a Christian. And he was a very, he is and continues to be a vowed non-religious individual in his own personal life. But when asked about this situation, he added, it's God's grace that he, that the driver of the van, isn't responsible for my death. You see, gratitude just welled up in his heart when he realized that he could have been dead. Gratitude is a, is a very strain joyful thing. It is a thing that comes at us and when we receive a gift of grace, we receive a gift of mercy. Last Sunday we we looked at the gospel and the life of a woman who came, who was a sinner and a prostitute and had come to Jesus and Jesus received her and by faith she received absolute forgiveness of sins and it so overwhelmed her That she demonstrated love. I want to, I want to, as we go into the Christmas season, and as we finish out, and we go through this service now, and even after, as we just fellowship, I want to reflect on another story in the life of Jesus. In the life of Jesus, and you're familiar with it. I just, my my kids, one of my kids' main storybooks has this story in it. And so if you read stories to your kids and you have a lot of the traditional storybooks for the kids, the stories of Jesus, you've read it. It's from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. You can turn there. You can turn there on your phone or on, or if you have your Bible or I'm just going to read it to you. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. This is what Jesus, this is, this is what Luke, the author, Luke, records. I'm going to read it and then pray and ask God to, to encourage us and make us really thankful and to receive his grace. On the way to Jerusalem, he, that's Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and he and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. Now as they went, they were cleansed. Imagine this. Jesus has come walking with his disciples. From a distance, they see ten men, probably wrapped in bandages, maybe marked in some way that they are outcasts and not allowed to have personal, physical, or any close contact with anybody. And they start shouting out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus says to them, go show yourself to a priest. They turn and start doing it. And they were absolutely healed of their leprosy. Verse 15, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. God, thank you for your word. Would you help us these few minutes to in a greater way treasure your mercy, to treasure your grace and to receive it by faith once again. Help us to receive your grace By appreciating it and thanking you and praising God and thanking Jesus in humility. Father, we ask that you give that to us this morning, this evening, from our hearts. That from our hearts would not be a fake, thank you, but a heartfelt joy. As I was reading and pondering this passage this afternoon, I wrote down four observations, four truths from this passage that can help us this Thanksgiving and this Christmas. They're very simple, and if you grew up in church, or at least in in this church, or in a church that preaches God's word, you heard you've heard these truths before. And I want to remind them to you, or remind them, bring them to your memory they're important and, it's, and, and, and so let's not be put to sleep by the familiarity of these. Number one we all need mercy and Christ is merciful. That's what we see in this passage. We all Christ, we all need mercy and Christ is merciful. There is nobody in biblical times that needed more mercy sympathy help than lepers. They actually, leprosy symbolized sin in the Old Testament. That doesn't mean that every single person that had leprosy had it because of sinful behavior and that was a direct curse. No. But the, the general leprosy itself symbolized uncleanness and sin and what it does in our lives. And these, these ten men absolutely needed mercy. And they cry out. They didn't ask for healing, but that's what they needed in their minds more than anything. And they said, please have mercy on me. And Jesus does. And he's a merciful Savior. If you are here tonight and you have not treasured that merciful Savior, and I'm going to challenge... There's 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 two groups of people in this this passage. If you haven't accepted and received his mercy, he offers it to you and you need to receive it. But he... We are in a pitiful condition, humanly speaking, apart from this merciful Savior. This, let this Christmas remind you, thank you, that I, the, the one in need of mercy, received mercy by you, and every gift that is at my tree, every gift that I receive. Every second that I live that I'm not being punished by you, but instead receiving your your forgiveness and your mercy is mercy. That's that's the first thing I want you to see. The second is exposure to God's grace is not good enough. Exposure to God's grace in this passage, what was the grace that all ten of them were exposed to? They were healed they asked for mercy and jesus gave them grace he said now go and show yourself to a priest that was the priest was they were in a sense the medical observation the med- they needed a medical examination and that time was you go to the priest to see if you were clean enough he would examine you and give you the okay there's usually a process even how they would go about it to make sure that you were clean but they started to go and they were he was healed All ten of them were healed on their way. But I want you to see throughout this whole story, though ten were healed, one was saved. Ten were healed, one was truly saved. Because the truth is, exposure to God's grace is not good enough. God's grace through the preaching of the gospel that starts Really it started way before this because it was told in the Old Testament, story after story, God was preparing even from the Garden of Eden for the time when this a baby would be born in a manger. He would come and he would he would come in order to be king to die for our sins. And we preach that message and we declare that news, and everyone that receives the Son has life. And that receiving the Son means something. It's not just some I was born into it, or I think I'm good, or I think I'm okay, or I wrote it. I said a prayer one time. Whoever receives the Son has life. In in this case, you had ten. We we live. We have ten people that received grace. One was saved. And and what this passage should make us remind us that exposure to God's grace. And all of you have because you have heard the message of the good news. You have received the kindness of God in numerous ways. Is not the same, is not good enough for eternal life. The third truth that I see in this passage, the story of Jesus healing the ten and then one coming. Salvation is given to those who receive grace by faith. Now, I want you to see what happened here. One guy. In fact, the one that the audience in Jesus' time and in the early New Testament when this book was written, they would have been shocked and said, he would be the last person I thought that would do it. It was the Samaritan. He was an outcast. In fact, he was a half-breed. He would have been considered a traitor to the nation of Israel. He was not ceremonially clean, even if he would get washed. And he is the one who realized something. And he realized, I don't just want to. To enter back into the community. I need what that master has. And he turned and he ran to Jesus. Knew where that power came from. And gave praise to God. And he said. He, he got on his knees. And he, it says he gave thanks to Jesus. He gave thanks to Jesus. Now. We find in the story. A sad that Jesus asked were there not ten lepers and where are the other nine and all every one of us at at two different levels should ask the question am I one of the nine am I one of the nine in that yes I've been saved but my life doesn't, doesn't demonstrate a gratefulness for what God has done I don't my my life, not just coming to a service because that's we can fake it. I can fake it. We can all fake it. But a God, praise be to God, you have done this in my life. And in Christ, I humbly here we find him falling to his falling on his knees and clinging to Jesus and thanking him. You see, he did more than healing. He wanted Jesus. And it says, and salvation is to those who receive it by faith. And at the end, Jesus says, your faith has made you, the ESV says, made you well. The little translation has saved you. And I think that what he was saying is, there, there's something happened here. You, you receive something much different than the nine who just got temporary healing. And they, they still have, they still have a lot to go have been received salvation today. The last thing I want you to just see is the repro- of the appropriate response of faith to the, his grace is praise to God and humble gratitude to Jesus. The, the, Jesus, Jesus the, the response or the appropriate response of faith in God and Jesus of receiving God's free gift was for him to come and say, You gave it to me. I believe you. Thank you. Thank you. You see, the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of Jesus' offer of mercy is it cannot be bought. It cannot be earned. Some of you may come here feeling self-righteous because you've done a lot and you're irritated by how God has treated you because he should have treated you better. The gospel is to be received in a way that we repent of all our good works. Because all our good works is self-righteousness and not good enough. Because we never do good works for, our, for the right reason in and of ourselves. Unless we first come to Jesus and said, nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling, as one him says it. Or some of you might be here not self-righteous and thinking good about yourself and thinking that God hasn't treated you well and you struggle with thanksgiving on this thanksgiving time, and you might be feeling so crummy, so beat up, so discouraged about your failures, your blunders, your sin, and you feel, you cannot imagine how God can receive you. Well, you're not in a worse situation than these lepers. And they receive mercy. And I receive mercy. So, so tonight, and this week, and this next month for Thanksgiving, and then Christmas time. Let let's receive. I, most of you sitting here has already received it by faith and have been saved, but maybe not all of you. But for those that have received it, every day we receive it. Every day we say thank you, God. Every day we say, God, rekindle a gratitude and praise to you for what you've done. in in Jesus Christ and given me mercy and for those that have not truly received it by faith you can do so tonight you can do so this week you can do so this season and please do that he would have you he laid down his life in order that you might have mercy and that's what we're going to thank him for now the grounds of all our thanksgiving at the end in a few minutes after this we're going to ask you just share testimonies of praise. But the real foundation for all of those thanks are that we have new life in Jesus. And so at the end of Jesus' physical life before he rose and came back to life, before his death, he gathered in the night before the night before he was betrayed. He gave thanks to the He gave thanks to God. He took the he took the a meal in the upper room. And he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to all his disciples and he said, take and eat it. This is my body. This represents my body that's going to be broken for you, that you might have life. And he took a cup of wine and he said, here, take and drink of this. This is the blood of a covenant. I make a promise and I'm going to keep that promise, but it's going to be marked by blood like all covenants are. And it's going to be my blood. I am the lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of world, sins of the world, this represents that my blood that will bring you forgiveness. And he did that in a way, and he said, from, from now on, when you gather, church, and Paul passed this on to the churches in 1 Corinthians, when you do that, whenever when you gather, you do this, and do it in remembrance me, do it in thanksgiving to me, and do it, in, in so doing, you proclaim Christ's death how he returned. So we're going to do that. We're gonna, there is, there, This is this is a meal that's not a funeral meal. So we we don't have to we don't have to be glum and putting on sackcloth and ashes as we come and remember his death. Yes, we should. And in, in this few minutes, as we're going to come, I'm going to give the instructions here. We should look at ourselves and repent of our sins. We should confess our sins to God. We should look to see where we need to confess our sins to someone else that we've sinned against. But we need to know, do it knowing he forgives me. He does forgive me. And, and so do that. What we're going to do, for most of you have been here, and most of you are regulars, but for those that haven't been here, you do not have to be a member Take place and take part in our communion, but you do need to be a believer. And you need to have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and we and, and have been baptized in Christ. And so what we, we what we would what we do here is we invite you to come. In just a minute, the instruments are going to play. In fact, you can you can come and get ready. In just a minute, the instruments are going to play. Our the pastors are going to come up here, and we're just going to make two lines here for those that are going to take communion. You'll just come through, and you're going to take a piece of bread. You take a cup of juice, and then you can go back to your seat. And while you do that, pray, thank God. Do two things: confess your sins to God, knowing that He forgives those who confess their sins to Him. He is faithful and just to forgive them, and 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 thank Him, and remember what He's done for you, and ask Him to to help you so appreciate and love what He's done for you in this gift. So I invite you to do that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come. Why don't you stand? We'll stand, and we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna play through this song. You can come, and and then at, at the end when you get back in your seats, I'll, we're gonna pray, and I'll lead you in that. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. The Father was with the disciples, and He gave thanks for this meal. He broke it and He gave thanks. Pastor, would you pray and give thanks for the broken body of Jesus and the shed blood? Heavenly Father, we thank You for this memorial. We thank You for the shed blood. We thank You for the broken body that we might have life and that we might have life eternal. Lord, I also thank You for the setting that You did this Gathered yours around you and in my mind I often think of the Lord's Supper as fellowship the saints gathered together and I thank you for tonight where we are gathered together to say thank you. sang a hymn, so let's stand and sing. In 1 Samuel 7, God told Samuel to take and make, take rocks and make them as a memorial. And it was called an Ebenezer. Have have you ever sang, come thou fount of every blessing and you come, here I raise my Ebenezer? We're going to sing that in a little bit. And we're going to, we can put our hands in the air and go, here I raise my Ebenezer. And and Ebenezer meant it was a memorial that was meant to say, here God has provided help for me. And it was it was so that when children, he said, so that when your children look and see these rocks laying here, they'll say, Dad, what's that for? Oh, here's how God helped us. And and I want to, for a few minutes, raise our Ebenezer's by sharing praise and testimony for what God has done. There's a lot of psalms like this there's a lot of words like this but it's that say oh give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples So he wants us to give thanks he wants us to make known his deeds and he wants us to do it among the peoples. He wants us to sing to him and sing praises to him and tell of all his wondrous work. so God wants us to tell him th- give him thanks and he wants to do it with people listening. And he especially wants us to do it with little ones listening. There are some little ones here. And I pray that over time, they will hear the faithfulness of God from the lips of their parents as they share what God has done. Or from the lips of other adults that they see and look up to in their lives. And so what I'd like to do is take time for, for you to just share briefly what God has done. And in kids... You're all invited to join in, and it might just be a very short, I am thankful to God for, mm, name what it is. I'm thankful to God for my Nintendo. You don't have those anymore, do you? Xbox, one. So, who would like to begin? And they can be short, and they can be, let's keep them somewhat brief. We're not going to have a couple sermons, but we're going to, would like to begin?